You're listening to Fresh Floppies, episode nine. Like, like, no, like, episode no. Episode no. <laughs> <laughs> what is up to all our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation? You are listening to episode nine. Nine. Like episode nine no. Nine times. Of the <laughs> nine times of Fresh Floppies. What do we do here in Fresh Floppies? We'll see. We review single issue comic books that come out on a weekly basis. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Um, free of spoilers. Yeah. If you're afraid of spoilers, there are there are no spoilers in this. Yeah, zone. it's not like they're free spoilers. We're just handing out yeah, spoilers we're, um, free like, of charge, like candy to a baby. Because yeah. do you give candy? <laughs> I, that's all I. You that's know what? All I feed my two year old. I, is I <laughs> that, that doesn't even work because I charge babies. <laughs> I charge babies yeah. for all the candy that candy? I give. You want this candy? It's double. It's yeah. <laughs> you gotta pay double. Baby. The younger they are, the higher the cost because <laughs> they they really they really want the candy. Uh, but uh, yeah, what's a floppy? Tell a me floppy what a floppy is. A single issue. It comes out monthly. Generally. Generally, and uh, you go to your comic shop every week, every Wednesday. You pick them up, you read them, and uh, but hopefully you listen to this first. That's right. You want to listen to this first, so you know what's good and what's bad out there. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Here's a secret: if we both dislike something, we usually don't talk about it. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> we mostly only talk about things we like. Yeah. Um, so, what's the first book we want to talk about today, JD? Well, it's Superboy number one. I'm sorry, Superboy: The Man of Tomorrow number one. With the Dawn of DC label at the top. And this is by Porter and Lindsay. I don't know Kenny Porter is the writer. Oh, Lenoy. Lenoy? L-J? No. Hanoi? J-A-H-N-O-Y Lindsay is the name of the, uh, the artist. So, for anyone who doesn't know, there are multiple Superboys at this point. The one that I was excited about, this, this cat... He debuted during the um, reign of the Superman post-death of Superman event in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And so this cat showed up. He's got the leather jacket. He's got the spiky hair. He's had the round glasses. Very 90s. When you say spikes, you talk about his hair? Spiky hair, yeah. There's something much spikier. Like if he's I was gonna, spikes on his if I was gonna, too, if, yeah. if I was like starting my description of him, like he's got the spikes. It wouldn't be in his hair. Is oh. the next thing that happened. <laughs> he's, he's got he's got impractical spikes on his shoulders. Yeah, and on his belt. <laughs> on his belt as yeah, well. He's yeah, got a spike belt from you know Hot Topic. Um, <laughs> so, but this this guy has been written out of continuity because of what? What what what, what did it? Was it Rebirth? New Fifty Two. Um, New Fifty Two uh, uh, destroyed him. But Bendis, in his ever loving wisdom, wrote that away, and now this untouched by time. Connor is still alive. Gotcha. Do you remember that? No. He was stranded in Gemworld. He got stranded in Gemworld yes. immediately before yes. Flashpoint. I do remember So that. he wasn't in Flashpoint at all. Yeah. And because he was in Gemworld, he was protected by that complete rewriting of history. So he has sat out all of um, New 52, all of Flashpoint, New 52, and um, Rebirth. Wow. Yeah, he lived outside of continuity. And That's and the neat. only reason why some people remember him is because their, you know, their paths were so crossed. So like Tim Drake remembered him when he saw him, yeah. but some other members of Teen Titans didn't. Yeah. Superman kind of does, doesn't really almost like right out of the side of his eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really uh, cool stuff. That is cool. So he is my favorite Superboy. This is my dude. There's another one. Um what's that kid's name? Um what? There's the other Superboy who actually was part of New Fifty Two. Oh, is I that don't... also Connor? Is that a different it's, Connor? Is it with like a K, Connell, or Con... I forget. But I mean, there's another Superboy out there. Didn't they kill him? They might have done. 
I think they killed him. I, I have not spent a lot of time in the superverse of uh, DC. I think they killed him or red condom or something. Yeah. Uh, the, all the, New 52 Superman and Superboy, super adjacent characters, yeah. were either killed off or just waved away. Yeah. Because even towards the end of New 52, you had that like convergence version of Superman and Lois that came mm-hmm. and took over something like that. Yeah, while the other guy... The New 52 Superman. Yeah. 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 Now they're all part of the same character. Um, they're anyway, like melded. Any whomst. This book. What did you think of Superboy the Man of Tomorrow? I liked that... Well, I liked the art. Mm. I thought the art was cute. Um, I don't know the ages of all these characters because they all look the same. But it was still like functional, sequential storytelling. And I liked how um, this artist, who I'd never heard of before, handled action. Oh. So like the second half of the book... All the action in it, I actually really liked it. There's a couple of parts where a villain gets in his mind, the way that they deal with kind of like flashbacks. I dig it. I dug mm-hmm. it. Um, but I also struggle to care. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I was really excited for this. This is like the one for, uh-huh. the week for me that I was really stoked about. It's the first book I read, Top of the Stack. My favorite part of this book was... I think I just said it. I, like, I really liked um, Bendis' Young Justice. Yeah. My favorite part of this book reminded me of that. And specifically where it leaves Connor, this mm-hmm. Superboy, um, without a real place. Yeah. Because there are other Superboys. There are other Super Family members. He, no, one, no one really remembers him. So they're kind of treating him with kid gloves. And he lives on the farm with uh, Pa and Ma Kent because they were the only people that actually truly remembered him and welcomed him to stay so like i like that dynamic the idea of this 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 kid being lost in uh, a man out of time Mm -hmm. which is perfect for comics yeah but all of the story mechanics around it i just didn't care yeah i didn't like all the stuff you were talking about like his place in the dc universe i was interested in that yeah and then he's like hey find me he goes to calex who is a superman robot and the fortress of solitude like hey find me an emergency off world so he goes to another world that he doesn't never been to um, using a transport device that may or may not fail, which it probably will. Yeah. And um, he comes across the D- Dominators, Dominators, who are also cloning people, superheroes or whatever. And uh, bro, for those who don't know, this character, this Superboy, is a clone of both Kal El, Superman, and Lex. Lex Luthor. Yeah. So him fighting this, like these other clones and stuff, I didn't care about. This other planet, I didn't care about. These clones, I didn't care about. This new team that shows up. Uh, the the something dumbs. What is the name of this team? Cometeers. The Cosmeteers. Cosmeteers. I was better. Ooh. Comets are better than. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I really wanted more of him in in Metropolis and like figuring out. Yeah. This this book this book unfortunately sets up such a wonderful kind of um dynamic and conflict at the beginning and then immediately abandons it in the second act yeah. to go off world, which so there's a there's a little addendum at the beginning. It's, I'm not reading Action Comics right now. Yeah. For no reason other than I just got a big stack. Um, but uh, it says it takes place before Action Comics 151. This entire miniseries will take oh, place okay. before 1051. So it made me want to like, well, I, I, I prefer to like see him kind of wrestle with this conflict mm. with his family yes. and in yes. the That's world. The not the side quest of it all. So if this is going to be a miniseries of all side quests, maybe, maybe cool, mm-hmm. maybe doing cool stuff, yeah. maybe being fun. It it was weird. Like they introduced a really really cool 
fun dynamic and then immediately abandoned it and i don't i have a feeling we're not going to see it again until like issue six yeah yeah after he's done with whatever this, yeah you know, this, with the cosmeteers um i'm sorry i can't take that seriously uh, i'm this is either going to be his new go-to villain team or this is a bunch of heroes that he's going to join in with i have a feeling this is the team he's going to join in with um, they're at odds in the beginning, and then they'll all find common ground against the, domin- the Dominators, and then he'll be part of the Cosmeteers or something. Um, so yeah. we we do not get in the... I, like, it's very easy to Monday morning quarterback, yeah. or like, critique the book you didn't read. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish it would have. I wish it would have. Um, yeah. I wish it would... Oh, no, no, I, that was an addendum to me saying I'm about to say a wish. Yeah. I wish they sent this Superboy... To the Legion, yeah. I want to see because if Connor's having a crisis of conscience, he is he is like the one Superboy because Jonathan went and Cal went. He's the one and Supergirl went. Mm-hmm. He's the one Superboy who has not had to deal with. He has in his own way the legacy of Superman in regards to which lineage Lex's or his that is more strong. But he is the only Superboy who has not, in my recollection, been sent far flung to actually deal with the legacy of the shit he carries yeah. and i think that would be super cool throw him with a bunch of other recognizable characters yeah. as opposed to the cosmic mm-hmm. tier if you're going to give him a side quest give him one that is deeply ingrained in mm-hmm. dc I, lore i would have liked if he just was on the teen titans that too that would have been cool put this kid in the teen titans although it, he says the, the man of tomorrow Superboy, the man of tomorrow it is a <laughs> that's weird it is a uh it, that's an intentional title yeah um i guess we kind of spoiled this book um, we did sort of say everything that happens, but I, well, I didn't, didn't really, none of it felt like spoilers to me. I, it's it's just all cold open. I, yeah. Look, I I really did like the art, other than some of the facial acting that you know everyone looks seventeen. Yeah, yeah, even Superman. Yeah, looks, even Superman. Like, I was like, is that is that the kid? I thought it was Jonathan oh, no, for a second. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no, that's, um, super, that's Cal. But I do love the way that this artist deals with action. Like these these panel layouts are really cool. I actually yeah, yeah, like I this him. a lot. So like, I'm. I'm gonna go pretty fresh because it's it's a solid book. Mm-hmm. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, you know, like I didn't enjoy it the way I was hoping to. Yeah, like it just it was slightly arm's length of being a full on. And I, I don't have the history with Superboy that you do. I, like I never really read any of that stuff. Yeah, he was he was also kind of like a dick when he first <laughs> appeared. He was always like coming on to every single woman that he saved and he was like his his libido was was nuts he was just like constantly trying to like hit on girls and well stuff. this dude is no different than jonathan in character john kent superman oh sorry um no young young little guy john john kent the the son of kal-el yeah. in character in the way that he he's just nice and wants um, to help he's no different oh i see I he's see. no different in character like in the way that he approaches pro- like if they did right if they kept with that original and made him a little I bit see. of a yes, yes. of a cat a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a selfish little prick prick then yeah. maybe it would have been different yeah, yeah. they want i want them to differentiate these characters struggles a little differently yeah. right now they're just all a soup yes exactly yeah. yes uh, what's next on the docket? Well, we're gonna we're gonna hand off. I'm gonna talk about a book I read, and you're gonna talk about a book you read. Yes. And the book that I read is the uh, blockbuster slobber knocker. <laughs> slobber knocker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fisticuffs extravaganza wow. that is Avengers Assemble Omega Number One. Omega. Written by Jason Aaron, with art by. 
Aaron Cooter, Dexter Vines, Ivan Fiorillo, Javier Garon, Jim Toe, and Alex Sinclair. Hmm. This book is the culmination of six years and 85-ish issues of Avengers and Avengers-related titles that Jason Aaron has written. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm still towards the beginning of. Um, I just finished volume three. I am very happy with how this turned out. <sighs> I was, I was, I was waiting I, to hear it. Good, 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 good. I am a, an unapologetic fan of uh, Jason Aaron's run. Yeah. Uh, Peaks and look, no one is on a book for six years, and it is consistently amazing. Right. Even the even the runs that we talk about in the highest regard had valleys, like mm-hmm. Jeff Johns on 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 Green Lantern. Come on. Yeah. Somebody make a case for me why the rise of the first army was uh, as good as Sinestro Corps War or peaks and like, valleys. For yeah, sure. peaks and valleys for sure. This book was consistently stupid fun. Yeah. Like um, the way that Jason Aaron approached this entire run was that every arc was its own mini event. Yeah. Um, he swung for the fences and he swerved into a lot of the dumbest tropes in comics, but he did it in a intentional and 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 comical way a lot like yeah. uh there's a I, I fucking it's it's they're fighting back a wave of literally a wave water but it's from the first firmament of a universe that is long since dead in the god quarry that mephisto has opened up and everything that it touches it erases from space and time oh so <laughs> You literally have the Omni Avengers, which is a collection of multiversal Avengers and armies, yeah. fighting back waves of time itself. The, huh. This book is so. There's nothing. Jason Aaron just consistently one ups. He keeps yes anding to the point of absolute ridiculousness. <laughs> but he does it so consciously that you gotta just like, even when it doesn't work, you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, all right. Like there's there's one bit. So I, I had did I did spoil previously. If you guys listen to the show, which you should, like, comment, subscribe. Um, <laughs> that uh, uh, Robbie Reyes is a very important part of this book. He has been for six years. Yeah. Um, there is a part where... Robbie Reyes being the ghostwriter. Yes, uh, ghostwriter. Oh, now the all-writer. He is the oh. omniversal all-writer. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, there was a part in this book. There's a whole army of dooms and... One of the dooms was uh, the plant, like the ego. Ego, the living planet. Yeah, it was a doom, a doom, the living planet. Yeah, they fight it. It was a couple years, a couple uh, issues ago, and it gets destroyed. There's a part in here where you know I I said there's the the dam at the first, <laughs> a dam in the god quarry or a crack in the god quarry that is uh, releasing the firmament of the previous universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the Go stupid, on. stupidest sentence. <laughs> None of them are able to like stop it because if it touches, so like you have yeah. a you have the celestial that's being controlled by a deathlock trying to hold it with its hand and its hand is like shaking and uh, Robbie Reyes walks into the middle of the of the quarry, reanimates the pieces of uh, Doom the Living Planet into a big fiery ball because they you know like anything that a rider touches can turn into his ride so it's yeah. a giant fiery hellfire doom faced planet that he chucks into the the hole yeah. to make a barrier okay and that's just like the first 10 pages of this right. book but that's the stupidest idea <laughs> i can't express to you enough how stupid this book is on its surface but it just keeps one upping itself and it knows exactly what it is and it's so fun to read and this was no different i loved it 
Um, he ends it on very definitive matters, but then, like any good like trade off of a run, leaves a little some breadcrumbs here yeah. and there. Like you know, he sets up another team of Avengers that are out there doing their thing, and then also closes this era of Avengers yeah. by um, getting rid of the mountain and all kinds of stuff. I'm really excited to catch up with. This. So what I'm thinking of while you're telling me all of this is. When we're talking about comics versus movies versus television shows, um, the medium of comic books, it's often said that there's no budget yeah. for what you, what special effects, what crazy stories you can tell. And this sounds like the exact um, proof of that. Yeah. Like, there's no way that you could ever do a TV show or a movie or literally any other medium of this. I guess maybe novels you could do. Um but well, any any other so I it's easy to go one for one in the comic book medium about like live action because yeah. that's kind of the era we're living in, but even twenty years ago you would people would talk about how uh, that's that's unadaptable. Yeah. But then those things that they used to call unadaptable have been adapted. Like the Watchmen has Watchmen. had four th- different things, and um, but they always used to use it in the in the terminology of like it's too complex or it's too specific or. This literally is unadaptable yeah. in anything other than animation because it would be cost prohibitive of a nation. Yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, produce. Yeah. But but you're right, like using using the medium of comic books to be that loud, to be that big. Yeah. I think a lot of people aren't really a lot of writers really aren't doing it right now, no. or at least at this scale. Yeah. This feels like big um Jack Kirby meets Grant Morrison. Yeah. Storytelling. You know what? Yeah. It's it's uh there is some Grant Morrison in there, especially how he dealt with like big cosmic stuff. Yeah. Even that first arc that you so like Final Host. The the final host, that first arc, doesn't it end with Robbie Reyes controlling a, a giant sen- a, um, a, a, a celestial, celestial body, celestial. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all full circle. All of it is. And and including that that idea of the 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 Loki of it all also comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Mephisto comes full like awesome. the seeds of what he planted in this run six years ago are absolutely here also to some of his stuff from previous runs of other books like phoenix logan is in here phoenix logan. Oh, yeah the hot claws well it's the old man logan that's oh, been alive for hundreds of thousands of years as the phoenix oh i don't remember that that was What's in it was in his thor run and his oh, uh i don't remember that I think it was also in his like it's a character that he's been using over and over again. Well, even this doom, this ego doom. Yeah, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, was from his Wolverine Spider-Man miniseries mm. from like ten years ago. The the Phoenix Gun shows back up at one point too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, I, I, I'm I'm it's currently just, trying to catch up on it, and it is delightful. I'm really enjoying. I it. I don't this understand how be, what people are mad about. Because it's the internet, man. They just find stuff to be mad about because they make them. They, they feel like it makes them special. Somehow. Every every person. That, so it's funny. Like uh, this for the last six years, this book has been getting such weird heat. Yeah. Um, Anything that goes on more than a year, I think, starts gets to weird get heat. Weird heat. Um, but every everybody that I engage online about, it, it's like, what exactly didn't you, don't you like about it? It's you know, it's being comics, and they're just like, well, I couldn't pass the six issues. I'm like, um, so you don't read it, right? You're not reading it. Just, so you you say it sucks, but yeah. you're not reading it. You could just say like I wasn't interested. Yes. Not actively talk about how it blows. Yeah, you're yeah. not reading it. Yeah. So, but anyway. Anyway, yeah. Good book. I'm gonna catch up. I'm excited. Uh, speaking about excited, I am finally jumping in on No One. You've been telling me about No One, which is part of the massive verse universe of comics from Image Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is part of anyone who's heard of Radiant Black, Radiant Red, Radiant Pink, Rogue Sun, uh, Inferno Girl, Red, etc., etc. They're all part of the massive verse. And you can read all of those separately, which is wonderful. You can just read Rogue Sun and you don't have to read Radiant Black, which is the beginning of the universe. Mm -hmm. um, this is another one of those. It's called No One, No Slash One. And it's by Kyle Higgins and Brian Bucciolato, who I remember as a, um, a colorist. Now he's a colorist turned writer. Yep. Uh, with art by Geraldo Borges. Borges. And uh, colors by Mark Englert. So uh, you were telling me about this book. This is a, I want to say, police procedural slash vigilante superhero book. Maybe. maybe I wouldn't not, even. I wouldn't even say superhero. superhero. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just a it's a, a investigative journalist procedural. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the coolest thing about it is issue one comes out, and um, there is an investigative journalist mm -hmm. who is looking into the murders. Julia Page, I think is the character's name. Okay. Yeah, I'll say yes. Uh, I'm terrible with names, but um, <laughs> basically, this activist, this online activist, was bringing forth into the light certain misdeeds of four people, right? Um, and then someone else claiming to be that guy, claiming to be no one, um, killed them. Richard Rowe. Richard Rowe. He claimed to be Richard Rowe. Um, who was, which was the, I guess, the nom de plume. Yeah, Roe was the nom, and, and the origin of that name is in the podcast. Ah, yes. Let's get to it. So, yeah, yeah that that journalist, the, the newspaper's like, you got to do a, pod, a podcast about this. She's like, I don't want to do that. They, but they make her. Um, and so there's an actual podcast that you can go to iTunes or wherever you find podcasts and look up who is no one. And there's an actual half-hour podcast that is in the universe yeah. of this comic book, which I can't believe I haven't seen before. I, I listened to I So I read the first issue. I really liked it. But it's it's a, it was a little bit of a dense read. Yes. These these books literally have, like, uh, files at the end of them and character sheets. Like, this yeah. is a, a very – it's not intense, but it is a – it's a deep read if you want to treat it as such. Yeah. So I did listen to the podcast about a week after I read the book and – Holy shit! Mm -hmm. It is. I was I was listening to it with a giant grin on my face the whole time because it is beat for beat as impressive as an episode of Serial. Yeah, on where NPR. even though I know that I am, this is fake. I was in it with yeah. the with the with the the serious music and the voice actors talking about like the history of some of these characters and the crimes that were committed and the connections between them all. Like the first episode of the, of the, of the podcast, which I probably could make anyone listen to that doesn't know it's about a comic book. And they're going to be like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, gives you the history of, uh, the accountability files. Yes. I think it's called. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And who no one is. There's voice recordings of no one when he yeah. sends messages and it's creepy as hell yeah. and where Richard Rowe comes from and how no one is saying he is not Richard Rowe and vice versa. Yeah. It's good shit. Yeah. This um, is really good shit. And we're also dealing with, you know, the guy who they, who claims to be behind the murders. So, this, you know, so the, this hacktivist has brought forth these people who are guilty of stuff and then someone else murders them claiming to be the original guy. Mm -hmm. But we're not entirely sure that is the original guy. And then this guy who's now in jail awaiting trial, his dad is the chief of police. And so we're dealing with, you know, the um, red tape involving that sort of thing. And then there's politics come into it with issue number two, which is what we're actually here to talk about. Um, <laughs> and um, this book 
is great. Uh, I do agree that you what you said is a dense read, mm-hmm. uh, but in the way that The Wire is a dense story. Um, this felt I kept thinking of The Wire as I was reading this, and it's really really good. Like I don't know if I would hand this to any superhero fan, but if you're into police procedurals, investigative journalism, um, sort of politicking, behind the scenes sort of stuff. Very, very interesting. Uh, I can't wait. As soon as we're done here, I have to go do an errand, and I'm going to put the podcast on, which features Rachel Lee Cook, 90s uh, star Rachel Lee Cook from... And... and what was that movie? Uh, Josie and the Pussycat. She's, She's All, all that. that. Yeah. And then um, Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Uh, the first time I heard his voice, I was a little thrown back, but then but then he just kind of, like, soothes into it. Yeah. Um, this is a... It's a very interesting book. It's not like... What I like the most, the last thing, so I didn't read issue two, but the last thing I'll say about these is what I like the most about this universe of books that they're creating, none of them are similar. None of them are the same. Right. They are all different genres. So mm-hmm. like this this massive verse is, is its own little kind of like pen of different genres to play in. They do not cross over with each other. It's it's like the Marvel Universe where Spider-Man is doing his thing in, in New York and... Uh, Miss Marvel is hanging out in Jersey City. Like, yeah. they do not actually cross. Like, I'm yeah. sure they'll cross at points, but these are all independent of themselves, and I and I, I kind of love it. This is superhero comics done right. Outside of, outside outside of the big of two, Marvel yeah. DC. Like, this is, the, I think even, like, this is the way the big two should be handling stuff at times. Um, but, yeah, highly recommend No One. Uh, issues one and two, and then also the I think the second episode of the podcast dropped today as well, right? Uh, it's either today or tomorrow. I don't yeah. really know, but I Wonderful. would I I would highly suggest read the comic first. Oh yes, like because uh, well you know what it really comes down to where you want your spoilers mm-hmm. because the first episode of the podcast does reveal kind of the twist at the last page of the first issue, mm-hmm. so it it uh, maybe there's no right order, yeah. but like it depends on where you want the the order the of big swings would be. Issue podcast. Yes, issue but podcast. I mean, some people. It just it, it depends on where you want it spoiled. Right. Where where you want the reveals to be? Do you want them in the comic or do you want them in the show? Yeah. I think either one is fine. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Let's let's talk about Shulky. Let's do it. She Hulk number twelve or Legacy one seven five. That's right. By Rainbow Rowell, um, Andre Ginolet, 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 and, and Joe, Joe Canones. This is okay. I read issue one of this run by mm-hmm. Rainbow Rowell. I was delighted, couldn't wait to keep reading it, and then just didn't have the time. And now I'm jumping eleven issues to number twelve, and I'm jumping in here, and it's a it's a good jumping on point. Honestly, yeah, it's pretty good. It's split down the middle between continuing the story that's been going on in this run up to this point, and then we get uh, by Joe Canones, um, basically. The She-Hulk book club, where she's hanging out with all of her superhero friends yeah. for a book club, um, and even invites a villain to come join them. <laughs> um, this is wonderful. Yeah, it's a good book. Uh, I, man, uh, I really got to go back and catch up on the other 11 issues of this, because it's so charming and li- actually funny. Very, very well done. Um, th- th- this was... I, just, I can't say enough about it. I, this is my favorite book of the week, probably. This... um. We, this this run has been fan, fantastic. Uh, this first twelve issues by Rainbow Rowell, um, the everything from the Jen Bartel covers to, um, the the little hints at other She Hulk eras. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just this book is just great. 
Um, it doesn't always have the greatest art, mm. but there've been a, there's been some fill-ins here and there of just like serviceable art. Yeah. But one that's been a problem with She-Hulk for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Uh, even Dan Slott's run had some like rough one-off issues. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm making my way through it now. There's a couple. But um, but what shines through the whole time is always just how charming and wonderful the story is mm-hmm. so like it, it's it's always been incredibly forgivable because you're just so into it she uh, jen walters is probably one of my favorite characters she's great uh, uh i would highly suggest anybody to pick up the trade um there's something that happens i think in like issue 10 that is so heartbreaking oh, no. but so well done oh. this book is this is it's it's a fantastic, like, just slice of life relationship book too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron, Jack of Hearts. Yeah, almost more so that I mean, it is more so that than the punch 'em ups. But yeah. it's just such a good book. Uh, this is as good as um, Rainbow Rowell's run on Runaways, which a lot of people slept I on too. I haven't read it, but it's I hear it's great. It, yeah, uh, a lot of they, the volumes are like currently out of print. Yeah, they, they really should like reprint that either yeah. in complete collections or I. An omnibus if they want to, but I, yeah. I mean, I feel like it should be more accessible than an omnibus because yeah. they're just such good. It's all ages awesome. Yeah. Um, you're um, talking about the art here. Yeah. I like this art a lot. This no, this art, one's good. If you look at this, you've got a little bit of um, Mike, Mike Waringo. Yeah. The, the um, uh, what's the word? Um, he passed away about 10 years ago. It may be more. Um, meets a little bit of Stuart Immonen. Um, I, the only thing that like I like the the action, the layout, um, but it it always it doesn't rub me the wrong way. But I always kind of dislike when artists choose to like get rid of backgrounds. It's a very anime thing oh. that I don't really love. I didn't even notice it. Oh, I see. I mean, there's establishing shots, but that oh yeah, but there's a fight scene. Um, yeah, it all, um, it kind of lines. I mean it it works thematically. Um, but it it does kind of. I don't know. It always strikes me as a a, a, a speedy choice as opposed yeah. to an artistic choice, which is not fair. But you know, some yeah. of us ha- I have a I have preferences, and that's mm-hmm. kind of not one of them. But again, even if I hated this art, the story is just so engaging. I yeah. don't care. Nah, this is this is really fun. I really like this, and but especially then, the last half. Man. I, I, I was, yeah, I was the, cackling at the, last the last half too, though. Like you've got Joe Kino, and it's just crushing, killing it. Look, he look is, at this! Look at this! Look uh, at how beautiful dude, this face! Look how after, beautiful this, this art is. Um, who? Uh, J- Justice League International. Hitch. No, Justice League International. Oh, uh, McGuire. Yes, Kevin McGuire, who up until this point has been the king of facial expressions, is getting a run for his money. Joe Canone's facial expressions in this and body language and the acting—it's like. Like watching a movie. It's so good. I'm watching these people have... Like, if they got rid of the text boxes, I'd still be able to tell exactly what's going on. and Emotionally? Who's, yeah, emotionally. Yeah. It, this is... So good. Uh, Joe Quinones of Chips at Arsky's, uh Howard, Howard the, the Duck, Duck, which I have to go back and finish. Um, yeah, this book is great. I would I would tell everybody to read She-Hulk. Just start picking it up from... Yeah. This is a great jumping on point, but... Start 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 at the beginning of yeah, the, the, the number trade. one, the first trade, the second trade. I think comes out very soon. Yeah. This is this is a top shelf book. Actually, Absolutely. this is a perfect book club suggestion too. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, that reminds me, I have to put up the book club boats. 
So um, next. Oh yeah, you, you've got Miss Spiderman. Oh, Amazing Spider-Man. I wasn't even going to read it because I was like, you know what? Every time an issue comes out, we talk about it on Fresh Floppies. I feel like it's oh, a, it's a way, go-to, though. The floppiest. The freshest. She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. Super fresh. Super fresh. Um, Amazing Spider-Man. Pretty fresh. This this is also <laughs> really good. Uh, and John Romita Jr.'s art is even better in this issue. Mm-hmm. People have been giving him a hard time in the past 15 years. Uh, anytime he comes up, there's like comments out the wazoo about his art sucking. And I think this is this book looks awesome. I think this is a great looking book. Um, and exactly what we thought was the case seems to be the case. Uh, with, story-wise yeah. with MJ. Yeah, we've um, got MJ uh, kind of stuck in another dimension. And um, time Peter, moves differently. P- yeah, <laughs> P- and Peter is... Uh, abandoning all friendships and uh, betraying all trust to just get back to her as soon as possible, which puts him in the hands of uh, Norman Osborn. Yeah. So this is this is all a year ago. This is all setting up where the current status quo is where Norman Osborn and he are f- colleagues? Colleagues. colleagues? Not friends, no. not trusting, but definitely working closely with each other, um, which... I don't hate. No. I just want them to not pull the rugs very quickly. Yeah. I really like reformed Norman. I I don't want that to be a... Like, let's do this for five years before you make him evil again. Don't just make him evil next month. And every so often, he does get an inkling of the goblin in there, you Mm. know, especially when he puts on the gold goblin suit and he's goblining around, you know. Um, he's gobbling it up and down. Yeah, yeah. Gobbling it up and down. Um, but this is, I think this is continuing a really fun run. I'm really enjoying it. This is another book that seems to be getting a lot. You were talking about the Avengers getting yeah. flack. No this idea. This book gets flack. I love this book. This is so good. It's so Spider-Man. Yeah, I, like, it's extremely Spider-Man. I don't understand. Yeah, I just don't get it. There's there's not even anything, um, I, I'll air quote this, woke yeah, in this book. Yeah, it's yeah, just... Yeah. It's just, it's just good. I don't know. Maybe people hate John Reader Jr., but there he hasn't are, been the exclusive artist. The main thing I can think of is people who have not gotten over the 15 or 20 years ago, one more day, brand new day, where they got rid of the marriage of Mary Jane and Peter um, and are still holding on to that. And they want them to get back together. It's mm. like the Snyder bros who hashtag under every single thing. Like, But, but, but those people are 50 now. Yeah. Or my or 40, 45. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you were at an age where you weren't so upset about it, though. I'm the same age. I just got over it. Were you super mad? Were you big mad? I was big frustrated that mm. they, the, the way they did it. So I how, don't, how quickly did you get over that because the books were good? Pretty quickly. Yeah. I went, oh, you know, that was rough. That was a rough beginning. But I'm really enjoying these books now that it, now that they've got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm able to uh, move on. <laughs> I, I, I feel like people on. that like stay that big mad were at like a certain age. Like tw- 15 years ago, we were 25, mm-hmm. 25, 26, 27. Yeah, maybe I was a little bit more uh, angry about anything. Mm-hmm. But if I was 35 at the time yeah. or 40 at the time, be an adult. Yeah. Relax. Exactly. And to still be mad about that? Yeah. Yeah, there's still people being like, oh, I haven't read it since brand new day. Then why are you commenting? Shut up. Yeah, and I see these people online in all the Facebook groups and stuff, and they look 55, 60 yeah. years old. Yeah. Like, shh, stop it. Yeah. Other people can play with toys, you jerk. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, this this is pretty fresh. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going to bring up a book that is very unorthodox. It's called The Forged, uh, written by Greg Rucka and Eric Troutman. I will double check as I pull this giant comic book out of its sleeve. It is magazine size, but not even just the dimensions. It's a thick boy. Yeah, uh, created by Greg Rucka, Eric Troutman, and with art by Mike Henderson. So Eric Troutman is a, a constant collaborator with Greg Rucka. They, um, they've done tons of stuff together. Uh, he's, he's a co-writer on... Lazarus, I think too. He does a lot of he does a lot of the source book stuff. So like not the main storyline, but a lot of the side stuff. He's written novels with him, and I think he's also was like a co-writer on a lot of Rucka's DC stuff. Like I feel like they did Checkmate together. Um, so they announced this book. Very little is known about it. Just that it's a pastiche kind of of 2000 AD or heavy metal. Oh, you know, like that tracks. Big, yeah. okay. big crazy ideas. Uh, rated R sci-fi. Um, this book is weird. Yeah. And I think I love it. I um. The art is spectacular. I love yeah. Mike Henderson. Um, it's very much written in a, uh, in the style of a mm, military procedural. Okay. They immediately throw tons of gobbledygook terminology at you. Uh-huh. Um, the ordinary world of this being like the forged are genetically born, modified, created soldiers that specifically work for the empire, which is which is like an empress, which is half witch, half sovereign, and her Cassandras are these like the voices of the empress, and they look like these like glowing witches that can control minds like it's 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 magic and hard sci-fi yeah but um the forged themselves are this this, and they're all females uh these big beefy females in giant mech suits something happens to their ship uh their convoy they're stuck on this planet uh and then they reveal that it's maybe they're not exactly stuck and this was a big plan and blah 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 but it's 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 very much military uh like when they get stuck on the planet they you know you're listening to a couple of jarheads and mechs, yeah. but the art is great. the The story is just weird enough. I, I don't like and and the, the nice. yeah, the, the presentation is fantastic. They are they are very large books. Uh, it's they're magazine size, but they're actually a little like wider than magazine. Yeah. Um, this is nice, man. I, I wouldn't mind more. books. Oh, like and this. it's and it's five ninety nine, which yeah. I would like if if DC was doing this, it'd be a nine ninety nine book. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you look in the back of each issue, um, not the not the back cover, I, yes, the back of the uh, it's text. They're, they're um, actually like specs pieces and uh, specs of armor and lineages and definitions of things. So like there's a there's a freaking source book at the end of each issue. Yeah. If you really really want to dive into the world, mm-hmm. um, this is this is pretty meaty sci-fi. I really enjoyed it. Uh, this looks great. I read uh, both looks, issues. Yeah, looks like nothing. I would looking at this cover. Mm-hmm. I would never say the name Greg Rucka. No, I would say it, Rick Remender. Remender. Yeah. Um, I would say Kirkman. Maybe Kirkman. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can't believe this is a Greg Rucka book. Uh, a team of ultra lethal Imperial vixens, a cabal of sensuous space witches, a bug stomp on a distant hell world. This is yeah. awesome. The second issue: savage combat on a merciless moon, machinations of a man of a mind witch. 
Crazy Joe disarmed. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. He disarmed Crazy Joe. Yeah. Oh, I hate when they do that. Uh, Crazy Joe is constantly getting disarmed. She does not deserve oh. uh, both arms. Also, uh, beef. What, what did you say? Oh, beefy girls in mech suits is my new kink. Be- well, I, uh, uh, beefy soldiers in mech suits. Yeah, yeah beefy, beefy, beefy lady soldiers in mech suits, and they all have their own. They have the, They all have their own like thing. I, it's a this is a fun dumb book. Oh uh, yeah, I, the art looks like I would say um, Ryan Otley meets um, who's the guy who was drawing uh, Batman for the the Scott Snyder run. Jorge? No. Jimenez? Um, shoot. He was he was Spawn first. Oh, Capullo. Capullo. There's a little bit of Greg Capullo. Yeah, in there. there's Capullo. But like meets, um, the page you were just on, go back. Yeah. Look at those abs. Oh, they're oof. It's, I, genetically oh, engineered beefy ladies. Even those little, you know how you, you know how certain people pull their pants down every so slightly, and they got those like, the whatever that triangle is. Yeah, that's yeah, lovely. Um, I don't have that. I just have um, I, just, I have a keg. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, um, I we're gonna talk. I'm gonna talk really briefly about a book that I picked up blind called All Eight Eyes, written by Steve Fox with art by Peter Kowalski. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter is Kowalski that, of is that Stoko. The cover is Stoko. That's why I picked it up. I knew it. You're a Stoko fan. Stoko Stan. It's uh, it's super detailed, but at the same time very ugly. So like, um, I'm in. Um, The art inside is not Stoko. It's it's Peter Kowalski, who is doing a book that I really enjoy called um, uh, Evil Lies Here. Evil the the book with Kyle Starks, the horror book with Kyle Starks. Uh, I hate this place. No. Another Uh, one. That's okay. Go on. Which is gonna bother me? Um, it's the one with the serial killers and monsters in a, a subdivision uh, where monsters, where monsters lie. lie. Thank you. There you go. Um, hmm. So this is, uh, I mean, a, a kid gets kicked out of his apartment and is in the the Central Park in New York and is attacked by a big spider, um, saved by mm-hmm. a homeless person, <gasps> and apparently big. Sp- yeah. Oh my god! I there's, actually got chills. There's a couple of parts oh. where. And this homeless guy is just like, look, these big spiders are killing people left and right. And I've tried to get help and no one wants to help me. And he's like, please, uh, nobody's going to believe you. There's big spiders. And then they they will show like scenes throughout history where these giant spiders are everywhere. And people just kind of turn a blind eye and or don't see them um, because they're just homeless. People are just another missing kid Uh or just a. um, So as as J.D. is like making weird moves it's it's an effective I'm book good making weird moves uh but you yeah, know like you it's arts, yeah it's an effective book you know what's funny um, i'm not afraid of spiders but i got chills i hate spiders looking at the artwork here yeah like there's there's a you know there's there's a lot of uh Ooh. there's a lot of scenes that are just kind of like uh skin crawly yeah um is good again the, the book is effective i don't know if it's good yet okay um, cause this, the, 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 the pacing is just shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, there's no real setup. It's just like a look kid, this is what's happening. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but for me, in order to, for that to work for me or to pull that off, it, it has to have maybe some humor or something to make you believe that this is still ridiculous. It's very straightforward, but it's also just very hand wavy. Mm-hmm. So like if you're going to be self-serious, Build a world, not just. By the way, there's giant spiders. Yeah. Let's go. Like, if what you want, hand wavy mean. Hand wavy means I'm not going to explain it. Don't worry about yada, it. Yada yada yada. Yeah. yeah. I gotcha. Um, maybe that'll come later, but it just wasn't very. Like it was. It was all visuals. Not, 
not enough meat. Gotcha. Like it was, it was a visually effective. It was thematically effective, but I don't even know the names of these people that I'm supposed to be following. I know the dog's name. That's about it. it looks like Spuds McKenzie. Spuds McKenzie. His name is Possum. No. Oh. Uh, but yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, potential in this creepy ass book. But uh, I don't feel it yet, so I'm gonna go with fresh enough. Okay. And hopefully, issue two will uh, shock enough. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my last book is Hallow's Eve number two from Erica Schultz and uh, Michael Dowling, and this is a side character of a side character of Amazing Spider-Man. Ben Riley, Peter Parker's clone, um, found his own redhead to fall in love with. Uh, her name is Janine Godby. And then she, while she is in um, Purgatory with Ben during the Dark Web miniseries that happened uh, several months ago, is granted the ability to use these cheesy Halloween masks that turn her into the actual monster that she's putting on the mask of. So last episode, she turned into a werewolf and then tried to rob a bank, but then wound up biting or scratching the guard. You see werewolf? And then he becomes a werewolf. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I did, that was a surprise to me. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, and so now, I mean, she's a regular person. She doesn't consider herself a supervillain. She needs money so that she can, she and her and Ben can, like, get away together. Um, this is one of those things where it's like, I'm just doing what I need to do to get by and eh, rob a bank. <laughs> it's all insured anyway. That's sort of, you know, mindset. And um, she feels bad that she's done this to the security guard who is now hiding out and terrified and so she's trying to, to you know to find him to help him etc etc um and it's just a really nice little mini series this is a really fun side character looks great. that continues some of the beyond stuff mm -hmm. from spider-man beyond which was the ben riley arc i think this is delightful i really like this who's that artist this is uh michael dowling I like that art. Yeah, it has kind of um, Sarah Pichelli vibes mm -hmm. without the extra details. Yeah, Skimp like I, on the details a little bit in this book, but but um, even the 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 coloring gives it a little bit more depth, mm -hmm. even though it may not be as detailed. It is. It's a. It looks like. Let's just say I'm surprised at how strong it looks for being a side issue of a side character of a side story that doesn't isn't yeah. current anymore yeah i am also surprised <laughs> uh, yep uh brian reber is the colorist yeah um, it looks impressive yeah, this is really fun i really like this i'm glad that we're getting to continue some of the um beyond storyline like uh what's her name danger <laughs> danger uh she's i don't kind know of I... like the big bad of that storyline with ben i didn't um, finish it unfortunately yeah but i will when that omnibus comes out yeah, sometime man, this great. summer i loved it uh, this is a lot of fun. I don't know if I would recommend it to every single comic book lover, but I would say if you're a Spider-Man fan and you like Ben Riley, this is great. I love uh, werewolves in the um, MC in the Marvel universe. Yeah, so Cap let's go. Wolf, you're a yeah. big fan. Huge Capital fan. Unironically, oh, thank of, you very one much. One of the masks that she pulls out of her satchel is that of a police officer, and so she puts on the mask and she becomes a police officer. Um, Another monster? Well, that's what I'm getting to. She is on the bus with um, some people of color, and everyone's staring at her, and she's like, oh my god, they recognize me. And she's like, oh wait, no they don't. They just, I'm a cop now, and so they're kind of scared of me, um, as they should be. So yeah, no, they don't recognize me. They recognize what this mask turns me into. 
They're not afraid of Janine Godby, no matter what the billboard says. I wish I could tell them I wouldn't hurt them. I wish they'd believe me. Um, so, mm. yeah, a little bit of uh, ACAB mm. in this book. <laughs> woke. Yeah, yeah, pretty well. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we went a little long because we talked about a thousand books, but make sure uh, if you liked anything we talked about today, tell your uh, local comic shop. I want to read that. Yeah. Um, but uh, until next week, you can find us tonight live uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, wherever you view us live uh, at the Cult Pop Podcast, where we're going to be talking about something Mandalorian. This week or next week? I thought it was tonight. You gotta watch it tonight no matter what. Watch it today. Today, no matter what. Yeah. And then maybe it'll be next week's episode, maybe this week's episode. Oh, okay. Uh because we might talk about Superman. We don't know. Yeah. Join us. At Just join us tonight. There's so many topics we haven't yeah. even we haven't even decided. Yeah. Just that's how that's how rife with content we are. <laughs> just lousy yeah. with content ideas. But either way, join us every Wednesday live at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and or uh, watch us afterwards wherever you find podcasts oh, yeah. on what our YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, or, you know, com- like, comment, subscribe. Comics, we're here. Where can the people find Tell, you? you um, email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. Let us know what your freshest floppies are this week. Um, and you can also tweet at us at Colt Pop Go. And then come to my comic shop, JD's Hero Complex, 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, 19127. That's the jam. All right. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Cult Pop Network, home to podcasts, live shows, and a whole lot of fun stuff for every flavor of fan. Follow us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and be sure to join us live every Wednesday night at youtube.com backslash cultpopgo at 8 p.m. Eastern. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the bell icon so you'll know when we drop new Thunder Rounds and episodes of Fresh Floppies, a spoiler-free show about single-issue comics released each week. Until then, we'll talk at you later.